Good morning and welcome to The Breakfast Show. You are listening right across Australia on 87.6, 87.8, 88, wherever you are on the Faith FM network. And you are joined by myself, Lawson, and my wonderful co-host, Danuta. Danuta, how are you this morning? I'm doing really well, Lawson. How about you? Oh, I am Fantastic. Oh, that's fabulous. I hey. am grateful for time spent. Particularly we had the boss come down to our location yesterday. We had Robbie Bergen, who is who is our content manager here for Facebook. Yes. We got to have lunch with him and we got to eat nice vegan food. And he shared what's happening Australia wide with Faith M, which is really exciting what's happening, isn't that? Just that more and more listeners are tuning Absolutely. in and excited with the shows that are on mm. all Australia wide. So yeah, Absol- fabulous. And the food was free and it was just a good time like just kicking goals you know just making stuff happen and yeah no i was i was really really blessed so shout out shout out robbie bergen that's cool that's cool you know what's what happened last night for me what happened yeah look i went to music practice at church last night oh cool and yeah it was actually cool we've got a christmas in july program at hillview church this weekend at four o'clock if anyone's local and wants to is interested in going along and it's on saturday saturday Yeah, Hillview Church in Kurumbong. Um, and I was driving home, of course, on my own in the car in the dark, and I love to crank up the music when I'm mm. on my own in the car. And the song that came on was What a Day That Will Be. Oh. And I just love the words, What a Day That Will Be, When My Jesus I Will See, When I Look Upon His Face, The One mm-hmm. Who Saved Me By His Grace. And I thought that's what we're talking a lot about today. But, you know, that that is one of my absolute, absolute favourite songs. Yeah, and oh, I And I cranked it up and I sang with it along the way. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Hey, also want to let you guys know this Friday night, well, tonight at 6.30 p.m. at the New Space Building in Newcastle Uni, there'll be an amazing presentation there led by Denny Melenkov, one of our presenters here on Faith FM, called Discover Hope. Coming up in today's show, Danuta is going to be talking about the effects of steak. I am going to be talking about countries in West Asia and the Middle East, you know, what is happening in those spaces. And we're going to have Ross Piper talking about Christians and their super... You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. And we are going to have, well, our final set of questions this morning. And for the best book. Absolutely best, best book. Absolutely. So, hey, 0491-064-669 is our number. And you can use that number to text us, to call us, to let us know how you're feeling, but particularly right now to answer these questions. So give us the first quiz of the day, Danuta. Mm, According to the Gospel of Matthew, where does Jesus' first public sermon take place mm. so according to the gospel of matthew where does jesus's first public sermon take place i've been so this is the clue i've been to that place oh <laughs> wow okay if you, t- if you if can no, work that out <laughs> the gallivanting of denuda and where she has been hey 0491 of course our amazing prize for this week an amazing prize is Food as Medicine, Cooking for Your Best Health by Sue Rad. It's been awarded the Best Health and Nutrition Cookbook in 2017. We were sharing some recipes this week from it as well, all sorts of recipes and some of her quotes. Um, and we, you know, eggplant was a big thing we were talking about mm-hmm. and things like that. She's got a lot of fresh, fresh food recipes and Mediterranean recipes. It's a mm-hmm. really thick, big, hardback, colourful, 
valuable, valuable book. You yes. really want to have it. You really, really want to have it. An absolute weapon that is could probably take someone out if you hit them hard enough with it. But also will uh, impress people with the amazing recipes inside as well. So 0491 Again, that question, according to the Gospel of Matthew, where does Jesus' first public sermon take place zero four nine one zero six four six six nine denuda what is happening in the world of positively different news well some fascinating news is coming from pompeii oh yeah i mean of course can you remember i mean pompeii's famous for famous yes the the city that was buried in lava after yeah. the explosion of the great volcano that was of there. mount vesuvius um yeah vesuvius mm. um in ad 79 so back yep. then and so they found some new Findings there. A kitchen shrine has been. They've found a kitchen shrine that's been adorned with serpents. Oh wow! Um, a bakery and, and human skeletons and exquisite <laughs> frescoes. Frescoes for those who may not know are basically um, a mural mural painting on fresh. Uh, fresh walls on lime, mm. um, and they've found these. In fact, look, take a look at that picture. Isn't that really quite oh, amazing? Oh, that is cool. It's pretty good. Um, look it up for yourselves. Um, to our listeners, we encourage you to have a look if you want. Mm-hmm. It's really quite amazing, and they're among the new finds that are being turned up at Pompeii. Pompeii archaeological park mm. and so it actually gives us a really good snapshot of the roman world you know Absolutely. so back then i don't i know you're hugely into history you love history <laughs> like yeah. you took my history book archaeology book the other week uh-huh. and borrowed that took it home flicked it through didn't you oh i just love um, it yeah and particularly this era too, like if we're talking about 79 AD, this is during the Christian explosion that was happening at the time that was sustained from that time until the second century. Uh, well, in, particularly during this time, oh, the Christian explosion was sustained lot, a lot longer through uh, through that period, but again, under great persecution. And just preceding this, Absolutely. about nine years earlier, would have been the destruction of Jerusalem. Absolutely, and I was going to go there too. Yeah, so you're sure. right, on, right onto it, yeah. which is fantastic. Yeah, AD 70, the destruction of Jerusalem, and it was mm-hmm. an, under Titus. Um, Titus Felicius, I think that's how we say mm-hmm. his name, the emperor, emperor at the, the time. time yeah. And he was also the emperor at the time when the Pompeii volcano wow. erupted, which is fascinating. But what I think is even more fascinating, of course, it was under during the Roman Empire that this happened. Mm. But if you look at years even earlier, it Jesus lived sure. in the time of the Roman mm. Empire. Yeah. And what's really fascinating, what's really interesting is when my husband and I went to Israel, mm-hmm. one of the places we went to is the Via Dolorosa, which is considered the road that, that you know, Jesus was led on to, to the crucifixion when he was being wow. crucified, right? And mm. of course, there's parts of, a lot, large parts of the city that were lower than what it is today. I mean, mm-hmm. the city today has been built over parts of the older city. And the, the tour guide actually took us down into, some of these areas and in the in the stones that you walk on mm. uh, the the big stones of that that old city he actually pointed out out to us some some carvings in the stone 
And what's interesting, he actually said that it's believed that they are the carvings of the games that the soldiers were playing at the wow. time that they were waiting, awaiting for Jesus to be trialed. Wow. And that just took us right to that place. And I just think even of um, how in the Gospels it talks about the mm. fact that Jesus was mocked by the sh- soldiers, he was mocked by people, he mm-hmm. was spat mm-hmm. on. But I, I never stopped to think until that moment of what they may have been doing other than that during that time. And they were playing games mm. in, yeah, just still waiting. In, in that incredible mm. time. But, you know, just to think that the most significant person in the world, Jesus, mm. was there during that Roman wow. Empire. Isn't yeah. that powerful? That's it's beautiful. incredible. And unfortunately, well, we see a city of the city of Pompeii kind of frozen in time yes. as a result of the volcano. And so we're, and so they're still excavating there. And they're like, oh, look at this. Oh, look still. at this. The unfortunate thing with the city of Jerusalem is that it was burnt to the ground. It was. And so we've lost so much from this area. And, but still, despite this, we're still able to find, like, amazing discoveries. Like, of course, the stones, as you were just describing then. Absolutely. But it's amazing. An excavation site like Pompeii, it's really – it's basically – Basically, like modern, and by modern, I mean you know, last two thousand years. Like it's it's a it's a real like fossilization that we're seeing take place. Of of course, we see most of the fossilization happening in this world as a result of the flood, yeah, and the great movement of sedimentary across the world, as yeah. the Bible described it. The fountains of the deep were broken up, and uh, there was, would have been this massive movement of earth and tectonic plates and all these different things. But uh, and and as a result, you know, all these animals were buried alive at the same time, and so they were perfectly preserved as fossils. Whereas, you know, in regards to human history and and looking for a city like that we just simply can't find it it's quite difficult outside of an area like pompeii which was just immediately buried all at the same time immediately buried and so then we sadly a lot of lives lost yeah that you know yeah sad for the lives that were lost but uh for us who are in doing archaeological studies and by us i mean not me i mean in in the people who, who are at this time who are in the archaeological community, they're just finding thing after thing after thing yes. after thing. And, and those, uh, the, what you showed there with the snakes on the side and whatnot, they're, they're like perfectly preserved. Perfectly preserved, they're aren't incredible. they? Incredible. And what I love about archaeological findings is the fact that so many archaeological findings um, across the board actually justify and confirm what what's written in the Bible. Mm. So they go oh, hand in absolutely. hand. So I, lo- yeah. I love that. I mm-hmm, love that. Mm-hmm. Look, on another note, this one's uh, coming from the UK is that the scientists have actually now given the this comes from Oxford University study yeah it actually gives the most reliable calculation yet that they've had with research of what we what we eat how it impacts our planet Mm. catch this this will really catch your attention Lawson eating less meat is like taking eight million cars off the road Wait, Eight wait, 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 wait. million oh, cars off the road. Excuse me. Yeah. Wait, wait. Let me, let me, let's wind this back. Let's wind this back. Eight million cars. Yeah. Is, it, is this per person or is this, what is it? How many people need to stop eating meat to remove eight million cars? From uh, the they haven't actually told us the number here, but what they've actually told us, uh, oh no, sorry, here we go. They've surveyed 55,000 people were divided into meat eaters and, uh, oh. who ate more than 10, 10, those that had a high amount of meat were 100 grams of meat a day and equated to a big burger, low meat eaters 
whose daily intake was 50 or less uh, approximately would be approximately, you know, a few sausages or fish, eat, fish eating for the day. But here's the thing. Eating meat creates more greenhouse gases and high meat content gives the equivalent of about 10.24 kilos. This is mm-hmm, when you're actually mm-hmm. based on people eating 2,000 calories a day. Sure. On 2,000 calories a day. So high meat will give 10.24 kilos. Low meat gives three, 5.37 kilos. Fish gives four. Vegetarian gives 4.16. And you, I know you're a vegan, so <laughs> you only emit, you know, carbon emissions, you know, um, of 2.47 kilos. That's right, because I don't lose. I don't lose. I'm always winning. Okay, <laughs> That's awesome. So, yeah, we've got to look after the planet. We've got to look after our sure. bodies. And it also, uh, meat production actually uses lots of land. And so the, the more we are towards the vegetarian side and towards the vegan side, we're actually preserving the land as oh, well. So it's not only about the carbon emissions that, you know, greenhouse gases, but it's also about the land that we're preserving, which is so important. Absolutely. Hey, if there has been an encouragement of any time, it's right now, hey, get some plants in your diet. That's Eat it. some veggies. And, uh, well, hey, I, I, I want to encourage you guys. Answer some questions for the quiz because you're going to get a cookbook (laughs) if you do, if you win the draw, that will help you to do that. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. On Faith FM, and we are going to have our next quiz question. According to Paul's formulation in 1 Corinthians, which is the greatest of the imperishable Qualities. Oh, yeah. Wow. It's, it, this, this, this passage that it comes from, too, this is the clue, is used often in marriage ceremonies Absolutely. at weddings. I've, I mean, I've been sitting there and, and out they get, oh, I was about to say it. I was, I was about to start quoting it and I was going to give the whole thing away. But that's okay. <laughs> hey, you're listening to The Breakfast Show this morning and we have this amazing prize that we are giving away in the draw. So you have to get into the draw for it. Food as Medicine by Sue Rad. Guys, you want it. You'll be blessed by it. Again, that number is 0491064667. Six, nine, and you've, you've got it open. I have I got see. it open because I just want to read something here. Sure. Sue, Sue actually says, what we put in our mouths becomes even more important as we get older. What you eat will either speed up or slow down disease in your body. There is no neutral ground. Isn't that, 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 that's really important. And look, none of us are getting younger. We're all getting older. <laughs> No matter where we're at. So, yeah, put your, put, uh, your answers in for the draw. The question again, according to Paul's formulation in 1 Corinthians, which is the greatest of the imperishable qualities? Give your answers. Keep them flowing in. We've got quite a few already coming in today, uh, which is really exciting. And the phone number to text in on is 0491 064 669. Mm. What have we got in the way of news today, Lawson? Okay, so I just want to give a little bit of a disclaimer before I get into my news, uh, it's going to be involving the topic of sexual assault. And so if it is a little bit sensitive, um, it, I'm not going to delve too much into it, but I just want to give that 
a little bit of a warning if that is something that's triggering to you. 131114 is the number for Lifeline. Or if you've got sensitive ears in the, you know, in the car with you, someone who you are particularly worried about hearing about that kind of thing. Um, yeah, I, I advise you to, to maybe, you know, just turn us down for a little bit and we'll, we'll be back in a couple minutes. Uh, but I want to start by talking about Manipur in India, which is a country, India and a region that I've already profiled a little bit and I've talked about some of the issues that are going on there, particularly in the way of Christian persecution and human rights and even ethnic persecution. So in Manipur, basically this this situation unfolded a couple months mm-hmm. ago, and mm-hmm. that is that you've got two tribes. You've got the Miti people and the Kuki people. Mm-hmm. Now, the Miti people are the ethnic majority of Manipur. They are uh, also a large group largely Hindu or like 99% Hindu. They make up around 60% of the population of the Manipur area. They are the, the, yeah, the ethnic majority of that area. On the other hand, you've got the Kuki tribe, which makes Mm -hmm. up around 40% of -hmm. the population, which is the Kukis are mostly Christian, like 89%, 90% Christian. And, and that's all the different, that's, that's Christianity bundled together of all the denominations, basically. Yeah, yep. it's essentially. Um, so you've got mo- these mostly Christian kookies and these most, like, mostly majority, Hindu. majority Christian who are kookies who are uh, ethnic minority in this area and then the Metis who are the ethnic majority. Now in India, they have this thing, it's called the scheduled tribes list. And it's essentially a list that they put ethnic minority groups on for the purpose of protection. Now, the Kukis are on that list, so they get certain protections and benefits mm-hmm. uh, because they're an ethnic minority. On the other hand, the Metis are not on that list. And mm-hmm. the Metis have been fighting for several years and even decades to get on the scheduled tribes list, but have been continually denied because they're an ethnic majority. It's like, right. you are a majority people, you don't need these protections or these uh, th- these and and they're not that much like yeah, the, right. the protections that are afforded. It's just to for the for, so that the tribes still exist, you know, and they're not taken over, and they they have some certain land protections and whatnot. But uh, yeah, the the Miti people weren't given those protections because they're an ethnic majority. Mm-hmm. Like, look, you you can't receive this. Like, it's it's there. We have no ethnic majorities on this list, only minorities. Mm-hmm. As a result of this, it has led to huge riots and violence from the Miti people that has left over 50,000, up to 100,000 people displaced currently because of the burning down of houses. It has left over 600 churches burnt to the ground, Christian churches, um, Mm. and over over a couple hundred people dead already. And so this is, uh, you know... That's huge spread, isn't it, really? It's massive. And this has been happening over the last couple of months, and particularly the Prime Minister of uh of india narendra modi he was visiting the united states over the last couple of months and there were lots of criticism heading his way because there was nothing being done about this mm-hmm. there, especially because the majority the 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 metis uh, were very heavily affiliated with narendra modi's his political party uh the political party that was running the state of manipur is the one that is running the the federal government at mm-hmm. the moment which is largely hindu we're very much mm. in line with the meaty people mm-hmm. but then there was there was not there was nothing changing now eventually they started to get military presence in the area to quell um what is taking place but there was v- a very big lack of focus from the federal government onto this area of Manipur and the terrible human rights crisis that was taking place there. Now, 
people were talking about this and it was bubbling up and bubbling up and bubbling up. But just last week, there was a video released of two women running down a street naked uh, and being no. chased by a group of men. No. Uh, now, the information that had come out, and the reason they were running down the street naked is that their what? tribe had actually been burnt down by a group of Metis. Right. And these women had been kidnapped and taken and sexually assaulted. And this is them. And so they were obviously running away they from were, this sexual assault. They that, were running which is away. is why they were naked. That's, is is, that, is that the reason? They were running away and this gang is like mobbing them and, and grabbing at them. It's a disgusting video. It's horrific. And they're, they're running, you know, down the street and did anyone try and save and, them? And so I personally, I, I haven't watched the video because I don't think I can stomach it. But yeah. the, descri- the descriptions that I've seen of the video has been that they were, the people videoing them were largely just observing. They were like meaty people. They weren't kooky people. And right. it's just this terrible video. Now, that went super viral. And now President Modi, he's like, you know, uh, he's released a statement and he's like, oh, this is, you know, this is all, this is great. Bring, bring great shame to India. We're going to bring justice to these people. And some of the people in the video have been arrested and they're continuing to make arrests and get to the bottom of this. And what does he plan to do further beyond that, though? So this, like- is, this is the thing, though, that I'm seeing quite clearly from this situation yeah. is that up until it's inconvenient for President Modi, he's done nothing. <laughs> like he's done, he's re- very, pretty appalling, very isn't little it? has been done. Right. Any of the occupation of the military that's happened in Manipur uh-huh. has been a resu- as a result of movements made by the state government. Right. But from the federal government, this was already boiling over. A lot of people were talking about it. And, and this is a massive human rights right. crisis with a, 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 what cannot be understated about this yeah. is the religious undertones. Yes. This Hindu versus right. Christian yeah. narrative it, that is coming through very strongly through as, just these two as well. women who are having to run. Yeah. And this is because it's like, oh, well, how can you say that, Lawson? How is this a religious war or a religious battle? Because they're intentionally attacking churches. Yes. They're like, we're going to take away everything from these people. And, we're, and what we can see and understand is that they're Christian. We're attacking churches. We're taking away their right to worship. We're mm-hmm. mobbing churches and beating people up. Because as well in this story of these women running down the road is that they were being defended by two men, a teenager and an older man, who were beaten to death by this mob. True. So so it just gets... So the, e- so the women women have lived and the two men have died the that two were trying men, to save them. That's right. And now, it, that, that right there is selflessness, isn't it? Somebody absolutely. putting their life at risk... And, and you know, how Jesus gave his life. Oh. <laughs> Absolutely. And it's so we can see these people who are being terribly persecuted. And right up until the point in which a video went viral making the country look bad, uh, the, the government was happy to sit back and go to the United States and come here to Australia and let their praises right. be sing, like sung by, you know, the, Joe Biden and by the leaders here in Australia where they were, they were celebrating India and saying, oh, look how great India is. And it's like you have an enormous human rights crisis taking Issues. place there. Um, and largely that a huge factor of which is religious. And so for us as religious people and as Christian people looking on, and we're seeing here, yeah, that the rights of Christians and the rights of people, and this is throughout history, but in particularly now, the rights of Christians are happy to be looked over um, for the stake, for the sake of posterity and good standing amongst people. It's like, oh, you know, and until it makes people look bad, it's yeah. like, oh, you know, yeah, these yeah. Christians. And 
I didn't get time to talk about it, but it's a very similar thing is happening in Iran at the moment with over 70 Christians being arrested as a result of converting to Christianity. And, and, and they're just being arrested and thrown in jail for the crime of becoming Christian. Wow. And it, you see something like this, and it is just heartbreaking. Like Iran is placed number eight on the, the list of open doors, you know, of countries where Christians are being treated the worst and what i can see is just our great need to pray for these people that mm. hey i don't think that it's going to get any better from here i think it's just going to get worse so let's pray for Absolutely. these people that they can stand strong in their Absolutely. faith you're listening to the breakfast show podcast on faith fm positively different and we are going to have our next quiz for today. Mm, what nickname, meaning son of encouragement. Wouldn't that be a great name to have that has that meaning, I think? You know? <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, rather than us calling you Lawson, we say, hey, son of encouragement. But anyway, what nickname, meaning son of en- encouragement, was Joseph, a Levite from Cyprus given by the apostles. Mm. What nickname? So you go in for the draw for food as medicine. It's your last chance. We've only got two more questions after this because it's the end of the week. We're going to do the draw at the end of the show and you would win the food as medicine cookbook. It's a hardback, beautiful colored book that gives stacks and stacks of recipes. It's probably the equivalent of three cookbooks placed together, recipe Absolutely. books that you would see. But mm-hmm. it's not just a recipe book. It's way more because it actually gives all of the meanings um, of, of all the different foods and that. So the phone number you ring is 0491-064-669. Again, the question is what nickname, meaning son of encouragement, was Joseph a Levite from Cyprus given by the apostles? Absolutely. If you know the answer to that one, 0491-064-669 is the number to text and you'll go into the draw to win that prize. Hey, you're listening to The Breakfast Show this morning with Lawson and Danuta. And we have today for our interview, none other than Ross Piper from Responsible Investments Association Australia. And we're talking about a quite an interesting topic this morning. We're talking about our super, superannuation. We're talking about an ethical super, all of these things. Yeah. Ross, are you there with us? I am here. Good morning. Great to connect. Absolutely. We are just absolutely stoked to have you on the show this morning to teach us you know, what we should do with our money or, or what's, what's most advisable to do. I think money, obviously, in the Bible, is particularly in the New Testament, is one of the most talked about topics. Mm. And us as Christians, we are wanting to really put God first with where our money goes. So, yeah, We are so happy to have you on our show to give us some insight in that space. Yeah, look, thank you so much, Lawson, and it's a real delight and honour to connect this morning. I should say at the outset, my my day job, I'm the Chief Executive of Superannuation at Australian Ethical, Uh which is a a managed fund and superannuation fund, but I also wear a hat as the Chair of the Responsible Investment Association of Australia. So a couple of different roles there, but Mm -hmm. all highly relevant to the conversation today. And and probably a good place to start, just a little bit about myself and Australian ethical. So I've worked in finance, but I've also worked in development for many years. In fact, your quiz question, I won't give the answer away, but I lived in Cyprus for a number of years working for World Vision. Oh, wow. wow. Um, But uh, but more recently, I've come back into the finance sector and work with Australian Ethical. Australian Ethical is, a, as I said, it's a superannuation fund and an investment business. We've got about over 110,000 members and investors from all around Australia. And um, we take great... um, uh, it's a great honour to be able to steward and manage uh, those investments on behalf of our members, but to do it through a lens that um, is 
really anchored around an, 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 ethic, uh, an ethical narrative. So mm. what that means really is um, taking great care about the certain the industries that we avoid and, and you know, harmful, destructive mm. industries are places we don't invest. But we think there's a real opportunity for people of faith, and I think there's people with conviction about the role of capital, that it can actually be contributing to good mm-hmm. solutions for the environment, for society. And I think that that's sometimes a, a somewhat um, a new concept for people. And people mm. may think about their faith or their belief and think about, well, you know, this is very important to me, but then I've got my day-to-day choices as a consumer. I guess what sure. I'd be encouraging people with is the choices you make about where you invest where your super is, all those sorts of things actually can have a very meaningful, lasting, positive impact for society, for the planet. And I think deeply in line with, with values, conviction and faith, that's something we think is, is really important. And it's a great opportunity, I think, that we have in the choices we make as consumers. Absolutely. Now, when it comes to, as you said, ethical investing, where do you think we should start? I know most of us, we look at our superannuation as a, you know, a, a bunch of money that we put into a fund and we get to cash out eventually so that we're supported into our old age. And it's like, you know, hoping that that number is, is good enough to support you through that time is usually the, the worry and the focus of that space. But why, why is ethical investing so important and why is it so needed? Well, I think it's a great question. And I think what we often forget is that um, all of us have superannuation. If you're a working Australian by law, you have superannuation. And that's a great asset for our country. Mm. The big challenge is that very often we don't engage with it or think about it through mm. a lens of faith and belief. For us, sure. you know, it can be sort of, you, you want good returns, you want competitive fees. I guess my real conviction and certainly the conviction we would hold as an organisation is that you can absolutely have those things. They're critically important, mm. but your money can actually also be contributing to really meaningful wow. solutions to some of the world's most complex problems. So it's not about a trade-off or philanthropy, we, we, you know, first and foremost, we recognise that super is about helping people, um, you know, survive and hopefully have a, a thriving season in retirement. But we believe that you can do that and also um, see your money working really hard for you and for society and for the planet in a positive way along the journey. It's a lifelong journey, obviously, um, putting money into super. And so my encouragement this morning to your listeners would be, you know, think about where your money is and recognise that, um, you know, obviously as people of faith, uh, you know, there's a, there's a sense of generosity and wanting to, to, to contribute mm-hmm. to causes. Well, actually, with your super and with your investments, you can be doing exactly the same thing without taking uh, a haircut on the money that you can be earning. And I think that's quite a, a novel concept for a whole bunch of people because often we don't think about those things in an integrated way. And look, my own experience, um, I guess, in the places that I've worked, but also what I've seen in the work of Australian ethical and the growth of ethical investing more broadly is that more and more Australians are kind of, they're worried about the future. What's the planet going to look like? Mm-hmm. We see environmental changes. We see societal issues. Uh, you know, there's, there's a question to say, look, can, can my choices as a consumer actually be making a difference in that space? And so I think there's a real opportunity for Australians to do that. And again, we would love to encourage your listeners to be, uh, you know, get informed. Ethical, responsible investing is growing. Mm. Uh, you know, recent data would suggest, you know, four out of five Australians want to think about their money in a different way and want their money invested responsibly. But I think people may find if they look into where it currently sits or their investments or their super, they might not like some of the things they see. They could be sitting in, 
you know, funds that are funding, funding you know, gambling or, or mm. destructive industries, mm-hmm. things like that. And again, for Australian ethical, we think it's really important part of the the clear, I guess, undertaking and commitment we make to the members is that we invest with a very, very clearly defined, we have an ethical charter, the Australian ethical has been around since the mid-1980s and since it was started has always invested in line with that charter and that very mm. clearly defines the sectors that we will avoid or stay out of, mm. but equally more importantly, the things that we will actively target, things that we think can deliver good, strong, long-term financial returns and manage risks well, but also contribute meaningfully to, uh, as I say, solutions to some of society or the planet's most complex problems. I think that's a great opportunity and a real call out for people of faith around Australia. Think about mm-hmm. where your money is and the choices you can be making. And now, Ro- oh, oh, go, go for it, Danita. Go for it, Danita. <laughs> Ross, um, it's Danita here. How 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 do we become more? How do people become more informed of? being able to invest responsibly, like, you know, shopping around. I mean, word of mouth sometimes and things and like with what you're sharing and what uh, what what Australian Ethical is actually doing, but is it in the fine print and things like that? Because like you say, sometimes people just don't know what where their superannuation is going and how they're actually investing and that's being invested. And you're saying you can actually, you know, do it in the right and ethical kind of way that you're still contributing according to your Christian values. Yeah, so I mean, it's a great call out. And the first thing I'd say is just just um, ask the very core questions about where my money is actually sitting right now. Mm-hmm. I, I think one of the biggest challenges with superannuation in Australia is that, as I say, every working Aussie has it, mm-hmm. um, but we generally don't think about it all that much. Maybe not until we are, you know, in our fifties or sixties or getting towards retirement. But if you're in your 20s or your 30s or your 40s, um, firstly, even just the financial choices you're making, the way that you can make extra contributions, all those things make a massive difference to the returns that, or, or the value of your um, your assets at retirement. Sure. But but over and above that, so, so that's the first thing, get informed. Where's my money sitting? What investment choices have I made if I'm younger? Um, you know, the typical wisdom would be, you know, it's a lot, superannuation is a long-term asset and it should grow over time. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so get informed. But secondly, um, look at the fund that your money is sitting in and, and what, uh, what values do they stand for? What choices are they making in terms of how and where they're investing the money? And, and through that, make informed choices. We, we would love to encourage people to take a look at Australian Ethical. So www.australianethical.com.au. We are one of a number of funds that has very, very clearly um, positioned ourselves very and, – and since inception, Australian Ethical has really been a pioneer and leader in this space. Um, you know, we think there's a really compelling value proposition for people in this country and whether people are motivated from a faith standpoint. So we've got, as mm. I say, over 110,000 members all around the country. A number of those members come from a faith background, um, cross-denominational, you know, Coptic Orthodox right through to Pentecostal and everything in between, mm. Seventh-day Adventist. You know, there's a real richness of faith diversity across our membership. But equally, we have a lot, lot, lot of members who may not have a faith background but have a deep care and conviction about the role of capital and the good that it can do. And so, you know, we celebrate that and we're growing strongly. So that's a good story. More and more Australians are kind of asking that question and we think that that's a good thing because even for me my own background having spent many years working in the developing world and you know thinking Mm. gosh you know charity and philanthropy is hugely important but the power of institutional capital to really drive meaningful changes around sustainable development goals all those sorts of things i think is quite profound so um, it's a it's a real honor to be working in a space where as investors 
we're stewarding the resources of our members to contribute good solutions for society and for the planet. Absolutely. It's incredibly needed, as you said, but as per the RIAA, they have a statistic here. Four out of five Australians expect their bank account and their super to be invested responsibly and ethically. Now, are those expectations met without consulting something like, uh, you know, what we're talking about here, you know, ethical, you know, superannuation investing? Like, are those, are those needs just met by our super funds or are we needing to really delve in and to I mean, observe that? Yeah, it's a great question. I would encourage people to delve into it because I think people would, on by and large, be quite un- un- unpleasantly surprised, if, particularly if you're thinking in, sort of mainstream investments, whilst there might be a lot of noise about, um, and there's no question responsible investing is growing, but I think when people actually look into the underlying holdings that may sit within their super fund or something similar, um, a lot of times people are really shocked and and, mm. and unpleasantly surprised because they, they see that their money might be going into things that they have a really firm conviction or belief is destructive and gambling would be a good example of that or mm. you know there's a whole range of views around fossil fuels and transition to renewables and how does that journey happen effectively so mm. i think it's a good call out that often there's a gap between the expectation and the actual reality and again my encouragement therefore is just get informed um you know take a look at our website take a look at the responsible investment association australia's got some great resources there just mm. tips for consumers or you know, disclosure has improved across the board. That's a good thing. Mm-hmm. So it's easier to get information than perhaps was the case in the past, but it can also be confusing. So, um, you know, first and foremost, have a think about where your money is. As, as people of faith, you've got real opportunities to see your money working well. Mm-hmm. Um, again, it's still really, really important to think about retirement and the you know, the best possible financial outcome people can have in retirement. We, we have a great conviction, this idea of purposeful retirement. What's the sort of world that we want to retire into or we want our kids to retire into? But how can our investments actually contribute to some of the solutions that will hopefully see a better world in that scenario? So to so get informed, get engaged it would, would be the, the real encouragement there. Mm. Absolutely. Hey, Ross, thank you so much for joining us this morning. Do you have anything to leave us with before we head off? Just, just that I've been genuinely encouraged by the the growth in this space. I, I love mm. seeing the community of faith actively involved in positive change for mm. society, and whether that's the, mm. the yeah, good work good that is happening across churches and so forth. But I think in the business and the commercial sector, uh, you know, the community of faith has always been on the front lines of leading out pioneering social environmental change in a positive way and i think we've got a real opportunity to 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 keep in that space it's it's consistent with who we are it's inconsistent with what we believe Mm. and i'm encouraged by that but i encourage all your listeners to be uh uh, taking the steps we've talked about on this call. It's been really a delight to connect this morning. Yeah, great stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Ross, our treasure is where our heart is and vice versa. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM.